Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that only takes the tour after hours my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we are waxing that ass as we provide <laughs> a, it's a little residue there from the goth gangster princess uh, as we provide a fan commentary track to the 1988 cult classic waxwork underrated cult classic very much so hopefully giving it the love it deserves mm-hmm. here but before we go any further gang let me remind you we are part of the downright creepy podcast network downright creepy and you can find all of our past episodes and other horror podcasts including the modern horrors podcast and the horror scouts podcast at downrightcreepy.com or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go simply search for nightmare junkhead in your itunes stitcher or soundcloud app hit subscribe and when we drop our latest episode it will download directly to your listening device of choice all up in your wax hole that's right yeah you got to clear it out there for that one <laughs> so we've done a few commentary tracks here for nightmare junkhead uh-huh. our first one was return of the Living Dead, uh-huh. and then our other one was uh night of the night creeps. creeps so this is our third one that we're tackling here yeah and, and that's another third fun one. Yes, and that's the one thing that we really enjoy with these commentary tracks is that this is the fun movies. Yeah. That and again, it's more of a, a chance to I like to think of it as just a chance to kinda of chill back, mm-hmm. watch a movie with some friends, yeah. and a, just have some fun. Especially when it's a good just a, a funny tongue-in-cheeky, gory movie. And there is so much to talk about this with this particular film, so we're not going to waste it now. You right, know, right, right. Because we got to save it for the commentary, but yeah, I'm I'm beyond anxious for this one because mm-hmm. this is a film, again, a shared film, yes. much like all the movies that we've talked about anyway. So are we ready to get this started? Yeah, let's do this. All right, we're going to go ahead and start the th- countdown, and we do, now, lethal weapon style, do we go three, two, one, play, play. Uh-huh. or three, two, one, or no, three, three, two, play? Three, two, one, play. Play. Okay. okay, okay, so let's Here count it down, gang. Three, two, one, play. Welcome <laughs> to the <laughs> fan commentary of Waxwork. Welcome. This is a fan commentary. Uh-huh. That is to say, myself or Genius McGee here had nothing to do with the production of this film mm-hmm. and are merely approaching it as just fans. Just enjoying the movie and talking about it. And it's it's interesting with this particular film, and before we get started here, um, we actually have a special guest. Uh, not only is it Genius McGee and myself here talking about wax work, but our friend Dustin Pryor from the uh, Media Rewind podcast. Dustin. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Would you like a closer look? Oh, yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Well, this particular film, and what I really like about it is the the number right. one that it opens up with. It went like Some brutality. Dun, 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 dun. It's like uh, the old ragtime. It's like smashy, perfect. Smashy. Like, it's like... What's amazing with this film, just in terms of the, the contrast, actually, mm-hmm. the way it opens up with just this godly, this, 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 <laughs> any, any he film. falls back into the fireplace. Any film that opens with a head on fire uh, is a good Benny film. While Benny Goodman plays in the background. You gotta love the contrast. But um, the films that we talk about, in terms of the commentary tracks, for the most part, are films that we've always had a very close connection to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Return of the Living Dead, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Night of the Creeps. And this particular film is one of those that... I think we initially kind of bonded over. Yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, and it's one of those where we 
we had those initial touch point films. We're like, hey, well, you like that film? Mm-hmm. And we talked about this one, and I don't think it was with Miles O'Keefe. How many O'Keefe? Miles O'Keefe. No, it's a. Uh, it's it was one of those things where I think we initially bonded over the film, but then I was like, one of us, I don't know which one, but it was like. I kind of consider it an anthology. Yeah. And then, of course, the other one was like, oh, so do yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. And it was that deeper appreciation that mm-hmm. was filled. But interestingly enough, we've never actually sat down and, oh, I love that it title. It's melted into this. It's fantastic. <laughs> Sets the tone really nicely here. Mm-hmm. But we've never actually had the chance to sit, sit down, down and watch it. No, and all the years that we've been hanging out at this point, um, yeah. we recently watched the sequel. Mm-hmm. So we're which, backtracking in a way. Yeah, and we'll touch upon the sequel as well because that's just that's an interesting film. But um, I don't know. What was your guys' initial um, um, interaction with this film? You know, first time you saw it, first time you heard about it. Uh, for me, I saw it at the Crown Center Theater. Oh, so you went outside of yeah, your normal... Yeah, I went out of my norm. So you did see it in the theater? I did, I did, because I think this is the only... The Crown Center was the only place it was playing. So it wasn't... It, was it Indian Springs where you normally... It wasn't Indian Springs. Okay. It was the fancy side of town. Ooh. <laughs> I, Ooh, you fancy. I was. I had to put on my nice shorts and everything. <laughs> I haven't seen this film since, oh God, VHS days, man. And yeah. I've forgotten so much about them. It's crazy. It's a lot of fun, and I, I same thing with me. I didn't get to see it in the theater, um, but I need the caffeine badly. Oh, Billy, he's he's all over, man. In this film, he's <laughs> kind of fantastic. But no, this is the one that uh, my initial interaction with it was the VHS box art. Oh, it was dope. But just that little little person opening the door with all these like souls and faces and shit. Very scary in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, actually. Um, and then, of course, founded on uh, my uh, very famously talk about my uh, cousin who uh, actually worked at a VHS store back in the day. So I had my pick at that. And it was one of those that I was able to see through that. And oh, my God, this is just such an interesting film. I want a butler. Look at this. Having like, an underling? You're coughing. You're coughing. You're nicotine, sir. Jenkins. Right? I, I would love that just to start my day off with like, have a nice day. I've packed your lunch. Pip, pip, pip. Cheerio. You know? You would have to have an English butler, though, correct? Of course. Uh, you a, do butler, need a butler proper. Mistreaks on the China. I never had it before. We call him Brock, too, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say this particular film is very much an 80s film. Um, so mm-hmm. much the fact that it has two of my huge crushes from the 80s uh, as we're seeing them show up on the screen here. And there's they, you have the, the bad girl bitch and the nice girl next door. It's and, like the Betty and Veronica. And look at them yeah. just in terms of the way they're approached uh-huh. right now. One in total black, mm-hmm. one in white. Exactly. I mean, they're not very subtle. No, with what no. they're going this for movie here. Is not, if one thing this movie isn't, it's it's isn't subtle. No, uh, written and directed by uh, Anthony Hillcox, uh-huh. uh, wrote and direct the uh, the sequel, mm-hmm. Lost in Time, and also uh, Hell, Hellraiser Three directed that one as well. Oh, really? Also directed uh, Warlock, the Armageddon. Yes, because <laughs> the same some of the same cast is in that movie. It's yeah, it's interesting mm-hmm. how there's the carryover on that. But uh, yeah, Michelle Johnson in the black Rawr. and Deborah Foreman in the white. Rawr. Oh my goodness gracious! It's drink treats. Yep. Yeah, yep. treats. Both of them. Mm-hmm. Creeps of nostalgia here, uh, giving you a little taste of both of those there. Uh, I but, know. You know, and and there's like the evil Willy Willy Wonka, Wonka. Waxy Wonka. <laughs> And it's David Warner. It's Warner Wonka. It is. And he always he always plays that eccentric either villain or like, I've made the cure for the disease. 
He's always on the periphery of madness or sanity there. Mm-hmm. You know, he just he's he's an incredible performer. But imagine how different Willy Wonka would have been with David Warner in that role, man. <laughs> oh, good just Lord. Just playing it just pure evil. <laughs> there is no life I know. <laughs> Um, and I do. Lo- I've, I've for- I forgot actually that he shows up in a Willy Wonka outfit. I mean, there's there's subtle, and then there's just hitting you over the head there. Mm-hmm. And again, would he have his uh, Oompa Loompas? He, or- ha- he does. He does. Have he does. He has minions in this film. Yeah, mm-hmm. and one's a little person. So, so actually, the whole cho- chocolate factory metaphor kind of works just really well with that. <laughs> Look at those eyes. I know. Yeah, Can we talk about them eyebrows rawr. for a second? So that's Michelle Johnson, who I was uh, introduced to very intimately, I might add, hmm. with the uh, the creeper, really nasty film, uh, Blame It on Rio. Huh? Have really? you guys seen that one? Mm. No, I have not. No. So that's it's a boner jam yeah. disguised as an adult comedy, <laughs> but it's Michael Caine stars in it. <laughs> And Michelle Johnson falls for him, and he's basically like her uncle. Come on, bud, let's shag. <laughs> <laughs> It is just so nasty and gnarly, but, um, I mean, again, not to get all creeps and nostalgia, although we do have a Nazi flag waving Mm -hmm. here, uh, she does, there's a lot of nudity in that film with her. Nice. And so, yeah, she actually kept it classy in this particular one. Hold hold up, did they spell fascism wrong? On the... Isn't there an S in fascism? There should be. F-A-S-C? There is one. Depends on if you have... I believe it depends on if you have a fascist that's actually editing or not, so... Right. It's their own little bit of uh, propaganda as it is. And can we can we talk a little bit about uh, Zach here, our our good friend Billy? Billy, who's coming off of Gremlins, Gremlins two at this point because this mm-hmm. came out in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, and still was had you know some good little pull in the genre community. Although this is look r- at that sport coat; it's a really nice sport. That's yeah. a JC Penney sport coat. Actually, the the cat on the right is one of my favorites because uh, he's rocking some really nice high pants here in a second. <laughs> some real high waters. Oh, oh yeah, and the tube that. socks, and the tube socks, oh, legs. Yeah. I believe it's a Joe Baker there, <laughs> and Deborah Foreman also from uh, Deborah Valley Foreman. Girl. Deborah Foreman's a treat. Man. Oh, she's, she's fantastic so in this. Very virginal. It's, yes, That's, I mean she is the virgin. The, it's the eyes. Yes, especially when. It, when okay, she, now I, the way this scene here set up, this is actually kind of cool, just because we actually watched a little of the behind the scenes. Because mm-hmm. uh, again, we are watching the Vestron Blu-ray here. Uh, but the way that the gang is structured here. It's really interesting because when each person comes in, they start creating this interesting structure of friends. When you've got uh, Deborah and Zach down there at the bottom are the base. And ultimately, they kind of are the ones that are supporting the entire film. Yeah. So you get that. No, you actually do. You get some really cool visual storytelling here. And I think that's one of the kind of the nice things with this film. Yeah. That you that I think doesn't elevate it because let's face it. This is a candy horror a, movie. Right. But at the meantime, it's fun. It knows what it is. And mm-hmm. it's a well-made movie. I mean, it, the gore is great. It's uh, got a fun story to tell. It's, And that's the one thing I think people forget about this particular film is the level of gore. And again, see, we start adding more and more of the characters. And again, mm-hmm. they're creating this really weird structure, almost in terms of the periphery, who's going to go first and who's going <laughs> to go last. Because, again, let's face it, it is an 80s horror film. So you know people are going to go and violent. And this is a very violent but original, a very original story. Well, and it, it plays into that whole, the summoning of an apocalypse. Yeah. You know, the things that you have to do in order to summon an apocalypse. And um, actually, you know what would be an interesting kind of double feature would be uh, Waxwork 
and the cabin in the woods. Yeah. Yes. Very. Because yeah. it just in terms of um, kind of the storytelling approach, um, but they got you know cabin in the woods basically takes a little bit of a twist on mm-hmm. the whole. Instead of uh, the sacrifices bringing the apocalypse, is actually preventing it. Right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> But, but this, li- one, this one, I like one. this one because it harkens back to some of the older horror movies uh, in different time periods, but still gives... <laughs> and I Sucks to be you, nerd. <laughs> Sucker punch. <laughs> now, and hold I- on. She's got a big speech around here. Oh, and I believe... this one... Mm-hmm. I do what I want when I... China. Yep. Right here. It's coming up right here. Here it comes, y'all. Dig it or fuck <laughs> off. Yeah. That is a line for the ages. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I always talk about the custom art I want to put on the side of a van. <laughs> I would be able to put, I'd put that up on the side of a van. Dig it or fuck off. Dig it or fuck off. You know, that's uh, Atomic Cotton. Get on a <laughs> waxwork, you know, customized shirt there. Dig it or fuck off. Because uh, I'll take it back to our last episode of uh, Nightmare Junkhead. Fuck, watch out for the fuck, fuck boys. boys. Dig it or fuck boys off. <laughs> So, of course, with any good horror film in the 80s, you do have to establish uh, the characters together, a little bit of exposition for them. So, ideally, you do care a little bit about them. Uh, But but Billy's making his rounds in this movie, though. He really is, and who can blame him? Uh, Not to go creepy here, but yeah, Michelle Johnson was just one of those... Just one of those kind of dream girls I had back in the day, and it was because of these films Mm -hmm. that... And she was also... She showed up in, I believe it was uh, Far and Away... With uh, Tom Cruise and uh, Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah? Surprisingly, yeah. And she... Actually, have you the seen... The ones on the moors? On the moors. I actually saw that in the theater, believe it or not, which is probably the last Tom Cruise... Was... No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I, I, I like Tom Cruise as an action film, uh, action hero. Now, also, the idea of a waxwork in the middle of a suburban neighborhood. Right. That's pretty dope. Yeah, so it's I just mean, like house, house, just house. There's the Johnsons. Waxworks. There's the Smith. There's Waxworks. Right. There's the Natural Museum of Horror. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Come on in. Tour starts at midnight. Um, and you've got the very typical, you know, white picket fence out front. Very inviting. Yeah, come on have, in. Have any of you ever been to a Waxworks? Like a real proper Waxworks? Uh, we were in San Antonio. Remember when yeah. we got the Shocker and the West Side Handmade? Yeah. 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 We, uh, Explain to me the Shocker a bit. Because okay. I'm either thinking the, the shock, film no, or the something dirty. The two in the pink, right. one in the stink. But Keep we, it classy, folks. The, we were like, what, 18? Yeah. And so, you know, that's what we did. But we were on uh, vacation in San Antonio. And then they have a Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum with then a Waxworks right there. And it was pretty cool. I mean... People are like, oh, it's scary. They don't jump out and get you. It, nah, it's, it's, it's just it's, you just sit there and just look at what they it tells create. The, it, it tells, tells a story. Tale. Yeah, it has to tell. It has to tell the whole story in one scene, and I think that's what I like about this weird anthology movie. It's it's very waxworks. It tells the different stories in one scene. And so let's talk a little bit about if, uh, because it's been interesting just in terms of looking at people's views on this film, Mm -hmm. uh, whether or not, number one, if it's good or bad, but number two, if it is indeed an anthology film. So Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about the rules of an anthology, Um, because I think this, I I argue it is. I say it's an anthology film. I am the same. Yeah, I would think. I'll I'll give you the third vote on anthology. Okay, and you are coming from, and again. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen it. 
right. Yeah. But it's one of those, you know, with an anthology film, you need the the wraparound story. You need the wrapper what you have yep. with this with this group right here. And I think the entirety of the first half is the wraparound mm-hmm. story. It's establishing these characters, and then once they set foot into the waxwork, then the stories begin. Right. Yes. And that's when you get the little snippets of just what you would with an anthology in terms of the different tones and the different tales that you mm-hmm. get. Um, you get some that are more horrific. Uh, some are a little bit more Light, comedic. Some are sexy. So, we'll get to that. Oh, good Lord. And there you go. Welcome to the Vaxbergs. Welcome. <laughs> that, that actor was in, uh, I was telling you, he was in Warlock or the Armageddon. Mm-hmm. He played um, a carnival worker that could read fortunes. And he was the one that found out that Julian Sands was the Warlocks. And I convinced that Julian Sands really is the Warlock. But anyway, so he he goes, you're evil, the devil of Armageddon. And then Julian Sands goes, <laughs> very good, very bad. Picks picks the actor by by the neck, and he's like, me, and just like shoves him in a trash can. <laughs> well, you know what? He doesn't actually get the, he pretty much gets the same treatment in this film, actually, as it mm-hmm. is anyway. Uh, Mihaly Mazaros was his name. A drink for anyone? He and he's memorable, man. Yeah, and just his little little bows that he does, love it. And, and then, then of course lurch. you have the Cretan, you know, because you always <laughs> yeah you gotta have a Cretan. You do need a Cretan at any good party there. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the really cool thing about the film though is again, just in terms of how everything works on that is that with yeah with each individual. Um, waxworks thing is it becomes its own little tale mm-hmm. um, and that's actually why I've been to a few wax museums and so forth they're always interactive and that always has kind of creeped me out have you ever tried to step into nope. one of them nope, nope. I have if Dude, see, for someone that lives his life in fear of chuds and grates... I I, I, I had to. Your I, teasing forces you know nothing of. I had to. I had to. I had to. I had to. What'd you do? Poke Ronald Reagan in the face or something? I mean... No. Trickle down economics, my ass. No, it was like, it was like, there was a horror one. It was Dracula's castle. And I, I ended up. Did you climb in the casket? Huh? Did you climb in the casket? You, no, you could I, have totally ended up in this scenario I where walked, you would have been in a white dress. Yep. I walked into the thing. was just waiting for that. <laughs> and then I was like, where? And I'm like, well, maybe it'll work at the Hugh Hefner one. And although I'll admit, let's take a look because, yeah, this is actually a pretty rad little waxwork for it the is. most part. Because it's just scenes of horror. It is. I mean, again, you, why why wouldn't you want to check out something? Right. Like a, this, is a, this would be a, a rad A madman with an axe. Yeah. And that's like, this is the Jeffrey Dahmer. And the other cool thing with this particular film, just in terms of the particular monsters they use, are it's kind of a little bit of a universal throwback. It is a universal mm-hmm. in an in a 80s so way. We, there we have a, it's, it's, I swear it's not Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein. So it's Frankenstein. <laughs> Fuckenstein, I believe. It, right. <laughs> it's what a bunch of uh, fuckboys put together. <laughs> becomes Fuckenstein. <laughs> you get a little Hades zombies action there. And I do love the fact that a lot of the people that are in the wax work are pretty much actual human Real beings. Yeah. It's like, hold really still, you guys. Uh, <laughs> and action. What? But there is a reason that if I do uh, come across a uh, any kind of a um, uh, anything that is set up like that with, mm-hmm. the, with the rope, I will not cross it. I, I, I did. I had to. I oh, did. you are tempting fate, man. You I are know, tempting fate. I know. But at the same time, it was like, 
I just wanted to see if it works. Uh, I, I really want to say an under um, underappreciated uh, aspect of this film is the score. Uh, mm-hmm. Roger Bellin did it. And there's pieces in here that I think are just absolutely beautiful. A lot of them actually surprisingly the, are with the uh, the Marquis Marquis de Sade, de Sade one is yeah, that's there's some really good music cues in there. And that's frightening, that snake thing. Yeah. Which look actually, at that. The the visible man's shoving a gas thing down. <laughs> These horrific scenes of violence and gore. <laughs> this is killer, y'all. And is this the uh, the werewolf one? Yeah, yep. I would be so like saying this is awesome. Of course. Oh no, this is right up any horror fan's mm-hmm. alley. Uh, in fact, you know you always get the horror section though yes. at those wax museums. Right. It's spooky. And I think they actually tried to get uh, like Jason in this one, but they couldn't get the rights. Yeah, uh, there were a few monsters in there that they, they, they just couldn't. They oh, and now we have our horror. first our first entry into the anthology. Into the, yep. Welcome to. Bad Moon Rising. <laughs> and this is actually, let's face it, uh, how how often do you get any kind of a werewolf segment right. in an anthology? That's well, true. I guess... Trick, trick or treat. Yeah, yeah, I guess that you got me there. Um, and I love that this character, that he just basically thinks he's either he's either been <laughs> Cosby'd... Right, zombledy bip. Something put in his drink, or he's been, uh, like, hypnotized. Zombledy wax. Right. <laughs> But he just goes with it at this point. He's like, yeah. you know what? Fuck it. I'll go along. It's fine. A hologram. I'm on the holodeck. It's, <laughs> well, yeah, you did mention. Uh, yeah, wouldn't this have been interesting with a Star Trek episode? <laughs> Q. Q. Q fucking with people. <laughs> right. I put the holodeck on the waxworks setting. <laughs> yeah, no, this is. Uh, and actually, what's really great with this particular um, segment is we do get the first appearance of a uh, great character actor, uh, uh, John, John Rhys Davies. Yes. Which some people identify him as Sala uh-huh. from the Indiana Jones films, and then you've got another segment of people sliders. So, yeah, there's sliders. sliders. As well. Shit, I was going to go for Gimli from uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. But he's kind of love but it. He's, he's all you always like. Hey, it's him. Yep, it's he's that dude. He is. Well, he and he's generational now, mm-hmm. which is kind of great for it's just in terms of the lasting power. But when he shows up in this, you're like, holy shit. Like, what yeah, are you doing here? In a werewolf segment. In a waxworks movie. Right. I mean, that's the weirdest thing. Vestron's finest. Yeah, and that's what the beauty of a lot of these films back in the day is you could get some really good character actors mm-hmm. coming in. Well, fuck, David Warner. David Warner's phenomenal. Very true. <laughs> he elevates everything he's in. He was actually one of those guys that even like back in the day, I would seek his films out. Yeah, he was in uh, Ninja Turtle movie. Mm-hmm. The first one. And there he is. There. Indy. Do you have the idol? <laughs> Asps. Very dangerous. You go first. Pass me the silver bullet and then we'll jump through the wormhole. Can we have a date first? <laughs> Bad dates. Bad dates. <laughs> Did you bring my gun and my axe? <laughs> well, this actually also gives you the first taste of gore in this film. Yeah. And you know what? I think the gore... Because the gore is... Super violent and, and very gory. It should be noted that we are watching again the Vestron Blu-ray, which and we are watching the unrated version. Oh, nice. Uh, so yeah, so that's what we're seeing now. Anyone listening to the DVD version, uh, the actually runtime is a little bit shorter because they did cut a lot of the gore mm-hmm. from this film um, to the point where the the rated version actually plays a little bit weird because of the edits uh-huh. and, the, and the cuts they had to make. So this one actually relax. <laughs> 
I love this guy's delivery, man. He's fantastic. Um, <laughs> we'll just chill out. We'll make a cup of coffee. So, Greg, you know more of the history of this. The, the cuts, was that because of the MPAA? MPAA, yeah. yeah. Well, in 80, I mean, just think about... Uh, well, just J- like uh, Friday 7. 7, oh. They, well, they had a vendetta against any horror films. Yeah. And this particular one, yeah, if you haven't seen it unrated... It was also the time of the, like, you know... Uh, Parental advisory, explicit shit. So they had their hands in movies and music. So, and which ultimately made you want to seek it out a little bit more, right? It had the opposite yeah. You wanted effect. to find the unrated mm-hmm. one, right? Well, and that's what's the beauty of a lot of what the people did was they would submit these cuts of films, and they knew they would have to cut certain things, mm-hmm. and they just went in knowing they would have to cut certain things and get the uh, rating they'd want regardless, right. so they can actually try and make a buck because there was really the infancy of the home video market then. Mm-hmm. But look at the. I think this is a very well made. Some of the effects are. Uh, oh, they're fantastic. They're, they're, Good old they're fashioned. All practical, fa- practical, practical effects. effects man. The only one is the bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah. And he's still thinking that it's just like goofy mm-hmm. and he's just dreaming. He's going with it. Well, and that's. I should ask, you know, if you fall, your, if you find yourself in a waxwork, what are, do you go with it? Or do you just like, nope, nope, I'm just going to sit here and wait for whatever to pass? Or do you just go, go with it? I figure, I know I'm you would. with it. What about you, Dustin? Go with it. Yeah, go with it. Like, just like in part two, the only way you can actually get out of it is just finish the thing. That and I, I bore easily. So. I bore right? easily. I mean, if I'm thinking like, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm turning into a world over the full moon. I'm like, I'll go get my gun. And the silver bullets, I'm ready. You're ready. You know? You'd be, yeah, you'd be ready and responsive. I go wouldn't fetch. be like, here we yeah. go. And let's face it, this particular werewolf, I like the design, but I have people heard say it's a little hokey. It, it's, it's like an evil Muppet, Benuncula. but, it, but it, yeah, but it works. I mean, it, well, it's, it's like dis- a werefox. And yeah, it's distinct. Yeah. And that's the one thing I will yeah. admit that I like that it is does. It's not cookie cutter, right? It's not your standard. And, He's ah, like a werelinx. A werelinx. Now, why couldn't he have just come up a little bit sooner, man? Right. Like, if he fucked around a little bit more out in the woods, he would have been fine. Very tragic way that sounds. Ah, the silver bullet. <laughs> Ever tell you the the story about um, my dad was a big avid gun collector and he had a shit ton of bullets. And I once knew that if I ever had to defend myself from a werewolf, I would need a silver bullet. So I took one of his live rounds from like a uh, little, uh, probably like a twenty-two. And I was dipping it in silver paint, <laughs> and it dropped in there, and I was like, oh, shit. So I just, like, turned the cap and just put it back. So I don't know if my dad ever found that. <laughs> <laughs> but here we go. This is fantastic. The uh, little... Um, the squire? Or just the little brush off. <laughs> <laughs> it's and a fun movie. It it's... really is. Well, you go from fun to... with that... Two, and again, with the unrated version here, it gets pretty great, but this is a fantastic little split here. Oh, that's awesome. That's super yeah, gorgeous. That is. Very alarming. And then, bam, boom. Werewolf dead. Taken care of. And he's actually kind of frightening looking there. He is, in the moonlight. Yeah. Bathe. Good lighting. Yeah. Good work. It's like the clubs. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks over to the other guy. And now the transformation has begun. You're next. Uh-huh. You'll, you'll look good in the waxwork as it is. It's very tragic, too. And this is, I love and that. This, this is, is a, yeah. And that's the one thing I do like when the, whatever, the, when the best part about werewolf movies are the transformations. And especially when they make you realize it really hurts the person yeah. to go through it. 
which imagine that you're doing it's going you're ha- you're going through it this is not something you're willing right you know it's totally against your will it hurts and then you're going to do nasty shit mm-hmm. afterwards not like those twilight happy werewolves like yeah no know. no no those are <laughs> quite different Great practical See, those work. Are good look, yeah. That's a good-looking mm-hmm. werewolf. That's frightening-looking, like, actually. Like transformation. Kind of like Evil Eddie. Fright Night. Yep. Yeah. Evil Eddish, I should say. Evil Eddish. And then it just... Boom. No Permanent fixture. Thing. We yep. have our first sacrifice. Yep. And the end of the first bit of the anthology. So do you... Th- and here comes the wraparound story mm-hmm. again. And yep. continues it again. Do you think someone can go into the same waxworks again? I don't think so. Or no. do you think once, once that, it's done, that it's done. portal's closed? You wouldn't get the bloop, bloop, bloop if you went back in that one now. So trying to like change the space-time continuum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or continuing the, the sequel. And as it works in terms of the yeah. sequel, you do start doing the whole time thing. Okay, now we have Michelle Johnson here. And uh, how many how many O'Keefe again? Miles O'Keefe. Miles O'Keefe. Playing, again, not Dracula. No. This is not Dracula, so you know you can't uh, do the copyright oh, there. Oh, look. Dra- the power of Dracula. Come on in, girl. Well, she's oh, a bad girl yeah. as it is. Yeah. Because, again, let's face it. Michelle Johnson is pretty filthy hot in this mm-hmm. flick. Oh, and she just gets hotter in this movie now. Now like right now, she's like round. Little black swan. Exactly. Little ask right now. Now, this also is probably the goriest segment. And it's, yes. And this is probably the goriest dinner. Yeah, oh, this. <laughs> again, this is uh, why we uh, always uh, eat tartare. Steak tartare. The sauce. It's the sauce makes the dish. And I remember, actually, this particular scene. This is the one that I realized when I was probably the first time I saw it, I was actually kind of getting drawn into the film. Mm-hmm. I was becoming invested in it. But Dracula. Oh, of course. No, no, not, not Dracula. No, no, Miles, I think it's like Stefan, Ke- maybe. Kefula. Kefula. <laughs> but and, uh, she's just gorgeous. Oh, she's fantastic. And she actually gets... This This actually kind of um, gives Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 a run for its money in terms of pure sweatiness mm-hmm. when she's coming up here, man. Uh, but the uh, table manners on this uh, on these vampires are also just absolutely atrocious. They're horrible. No, it's Stefan is the son. That's right. <laughs> Stefan or Kel. <laughs> Stefan Drakel. Okay, and I, I believe it says that the steak tart or the uh, steak tart. Yeah, what they were eating was it was a combination of like strawberries, um, uh, some of the make hero syrup, yep. something everyone can do at home. You know, it's nice. Mm-hmm. But you got your brides and Emma. Man, she has <laughs> some serious side eye too. She's uh-huh. like, who is bitch? <laughs> well, I can you blame me? No, I, I really I, can't. Dracula or uh, Smackula comes in and uh, and she's the only blonde there too now. Yup, and she's one of these rawr. things is not like the other. Rawr. And he's so Miles O'Keefe, just obviously very very good looking dude. Uh-huh. I don't know if he necessarily has the presence though of a Dracula. I don't know. I think he makes a good sexy vampire. Oh, he's like, always very, very... Weesh. He is very much Oosh. the... Uh, <laughs> Miles O'Keefe. Too sexy, Miles O'Keefe. You like raw meat. And of course, I, I you know, when I uh, order a steak, I always go rare. rare. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dustin, you're... you're yeah, well, yeah, you have to. Okay, good, good. Just checking, just, just checking. Just sear it and, yeah. like, and steak There you tartare. go. It's like steak tartare. <laughs> Whatever you have to tell yourself uh-huh. to choke that down. Oh, but we got it. You got to hear their just slopping oh, of this. When they start the slurping oh. and the slopping, that is so gnarly, man. It's the sauce makes the dish. I don't know what it was about that particular line. It, it, it stuck it with makes, me. It makes it rings true, right? You can't have taters without gravy. <laughs> mm, taters. 
Oh, that's just gnarly, just more, just, mm. and they're so that's, fancy about yes. it, too. Ooh. <laughs> Keep your pinky out. Mm-hmm. That, that's a badass mustache, too. Yeah, it is. Genius, oh, that- you ought to do yours like that. If you, yeah, actually, you should. <laughs> just poof, poof, poof. <laughs> like some 18th, 18th century London villain. Mm-hmm. Now, what, how everyone is just there, right. just waiting on pins and needles for her to eat. It's like, please, pl- oh, that's so nasty. And the sound design on that is too. Yeah. You can hear how gnarly that is. Right, here we go. And they tear into it. <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful. <laughs> well, your manners, <laughs> pinkies, napkins. Have you forgotten come, come. all about the Dracula etiquette? <laughs> we don't do that in this family. <laughs> we throw that Bram Stoker shit out the window. We're sophisticated. <laughs> Giving vampires a bad name. We have guests. Oh, even on even with the even fancy. <laughs> And it's sometimes yeah, just said it's so slurping. slurping, and there is a lot of slurping going on here. That is just so oh, that's challenging. And I love how that she's actually gotten every almost everything down there, man. She's like Khaleesi <laughs> eating that horse heart, just choking that down, man. <laughs> you know, she is an adventurous girl. Yeah, so, you know, that's how bad girls do. But she's also like, is it is it hinted that she comes from money? No, they all come from money. Okay, okay. they all come from money. And is it, are they co- they're college kids, correct? High schoolers, late, late high schoolers. High you schoolers. think so? Okay, I could not tell initially, just in terms of like the campus they were on, the classroom they were in. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? No, they probably were college because they were, but they're at a high. They're at one of those small private colleges that yep. has, that uses the has high school football and shit. team. Yeah, <laughs> they use the high school football field. They have to rent them. it out. Right, it's low key enough there. Now, if I ever find myself in a gothic castle, no, not the gothic arsenal, right. uh, you know, being <laughs> it's a little shout out to Arrested Development, uh, being taken away like that, man, I've seen enough movies to know. Yeah, to know that this is dangerous, but at the same time, if you just finished eating a bowl of raw fucking meat, that should have been their first warning. I'm sorry, steak tartare. Yeah. Have you ever been to one of those kind of uh, dinner parties where you're you, you're too polite and you just go ahead and eat whatever's given Shit, to you? Shit, I don't know if I, how I would do anything like that. Especially one of the Viber, one of those, one of those sushi places that you eat one off the naked people. Off the naked people. Just like, I mean, like, uh, where do I start? Uh, how do I do? <laughs> do I use chop? Oh, I don't think I want that spring roll. You know, just like. <laughs> you know, you, in, so, okay. So she's just said, what an intense dream. When do you think when you're in the waxworks that you understand that you either run with it or you're still like hey it's what's it's going i think on? it's right before the shit hits the fan right yeah. it's just right but that's like at this point here the minute that he shows himself as a vampire is ultimately that when the the, the fear triggers in and that's when i think you're trapped yeah. in there because there is a little bit of semblance in terms of the rules that they show up later uh, that you have to have believe. Yeah, you have to believe. If you're not afraid, they can't hurt you. Right. So. Which kind of like is a little bit like Nightmare on Elm Street uh-huh. in a way, just in terms of. But this guy is just such a, just a, just a little slob, man. He's just like. My dad owns a dealership. You know who my dad is? Yeah. yeah. He's, he should <laughs> he's have the, a puka necklace he's on. The number one <laughs> lawyer in town. <laughs> the best bloodsucker on the block, man. But no, at this point now. This is where the fear kicks in, 
and this is where she's locked in. Mm-hmm. And again, we go from a werewolf tale to a vampire tale. Who did the special effects on this? This was actually, this was, I'll have to look that one up, because it wasn't by anyone that was really well known at the time. Guys, carry because the... there's a really good effect scene up in here. Oh, coming up. and on the, 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 the where the steak tartare came from. Yep, and contrasting right here, yep. with the white of the tiles in here. Oh my god, it's really really good. Let's see here. We are going to go to makeup department special effects. This is uh, Ray Beats, and we're going to also go with uh, Lou Carlucci, Jeff Frink, Steve Golick, Bob Keen, Joe Nutt. Patrick Talanto and Cliff Wallace. See, that's cool. That, that Giving shout outs to all those people. This, but look at how that's almost like a, a Kubrickian kind of thing in 2001. A clean room. Yes. Because <laughs> you got some red on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to get a little Shaun of the Dead going here. But you got to prepare the meat. It's now, like, again, her it's like t- a clean, you keep the kitchen clean. That's right, man. You know, clean as you go. Uh, there, there are some great, great effects coming up here. Oh, oh, that's gnarly looking. Oh, the rats is deep. Yeah, how do you feel about that? They're I don't genius. like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. You want some barbecue? Yeah. The only thing that I see, I know that one of these days I'm going to like die in, in my house or something and like they're not going to find my body for days. I'm just going to be feasted, being feasted on rats. Rats are going to eat that's you? That's like, ah. Uh, anytime I see somebody being eaten by rats, it triggers that fear and it's like, ah. I can't blame you. It's horrible. And I like that you actually, you also get the uh, kind of established rules in all the films. All Silver right. bullet for the yeah. werewolf. Mm-hmm. You know, crucifix for the werewolf. Actually, and I really like the crucifix effect in this one here. It's kind of great. Very Again, going kind of very Fright Night-ish with yeah. it a little. But obviously the entitled son, douchebag bro, has to go. Oh, yeah. I feel it. Oh, this right here. Horse tubers. This is the worst <laughs> right there. Horse devour. Yeah. And again, really good sound on that. Oh, that's horrible. So horrible. Finger looking good. <laughs> Go from near dark or shocker to, for to, that one. To the colonel. To the colonel. <laughs> Secret recipe. Now, don't you think his dad would be pissed at him, though, for that? Fuck yeah, his dad would be pissed. One, he'd be pissed off because he's chasing his squirrel all around. Yes, he is. Second of all, he took a nibble off of the turkey. That's you right. Yeah. He don't do that. Wait until dinner. It's going to mess up. Oh, that's so horrible. Insult to injury. Now, this is actually a fairly horrific scene, but you do get those moments of levity. There's going to be another one here pretty soon Mm -hmm. with the champagne. The champagne. (laughs) I know. You know, that's fish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) She's playing prison rules now. (laughs) Now, twist it so it doesn't, the wound doesn't close. (laughs) I learned that one from Face Off. (laughs) Oh, doesn't do anything, Michelle Johnson. Oh, poor dude cannot catch a break. He's like uh, Brett from uh, Archer. Right, guy's constantly getting shot. Oh, look at that! Oh, here we go. That's and now that's good survival skills right there, exactly. man. Exactly. That's that's, why, some, that's some bear grills right there. Yeah, she yeah. just leveled up, I think. Yeah. And here now, this we get some. In the in the in the annals of good head explosions, where does this one lie? Because it's not so much an explosion as it is a. Uh, oh, look at that! That's woo nice. Oh, I don't just know. Everywhere. I think I put that behind scanners. It's pretty good, right? It's, I, I enjoy it. I like that one. I thought that was oh, that's that glorious. Good, and, and then every, it's just and she's just getting more 
filthier and sloppier and just and her clothes are ripped oh i know i just now noticed and that the, yeah look at that she's just cut and then the other girls are coming to play it oh shit. this is a fairly intense scene actually when you get down to it and this is she starts whooping some yeah. oh look at that now oh yeah the that arterial spray is all cut out mm-hmm. of the theatrical cut <laughs> and now you get <laughs> baptism by champagne. It's, now now it's getting, a Dr. Dre video. Yeah, yeah it is. Now she's getting all wet and bloody. And look ba- at that. Just, ah. Bye, Felicia. All right. That is just, oh, my God. That guy cannot no, catch he a can't. break. He, he's having a bad day. Look and at he'll her. be undead like that forever. Mm-hmm. Hobbled with his bad all... leg. <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, no, just covered. Turns just... into a bat and just starts flying in circles. <laughs> It's like a Finding Nemo. He's got his little bat wing. You know, the thing I'm noticing about the Blu-ray release, man, is that the lighting is really good in this film. Oh, yeah. That's the one thing just in terms of, and I've mentioned before, just in terms of um, the certain looks that films have from the 80s. uh, But uh, uh, Jerry Lively was the director of photography for this. Uh, But no, this is a great, uh, this is like a 4K scan of this particular film. And again, it's so weird that Waxwork and Waxworks 2 got a treatment. And mm-hmm. they got a, this is a really good version and so release. It looks beautiful. But question on this one. Do you think she's being hypnotized by Dracula or do you think she's finally giving herself willingly? Oh, it's giving is she mm, uh, you know, it, ooh, inter- I think because they're one and the same for the most part. She's playing into the story at this point because that is the allure of Dracula. He has that the power. sexualization. Yeah, so no, I think it goes into that, and then boom, we have our next victim. Oh, it gets blah. Hmm. Bye, China. Well, this is what happens when you name your daughter after, you know, a country. Well, very sad. And you know good what? Good thing he can fly because he's about to be in China. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh. But no, so you know, we get this the ending of our second little anthology, and again we cut right back into the wraparound. And we get a little Phantom of the Opera there. Not I guess not Phantom of the Opera. Phantomus of the Opera. Phantomus of the uh of the off Broadway. <laughs> Phantom of the Opry. <laughs> That's actually, you know, it's like the Oak Ridge boys playing in the background. Elvara. Been down to uh Branson where they have the um Oh the Marquis de Sade. Oh now oh my yeah, this whole thing with the Marquis de Sade really threw me my first few viewings of this film. Awkward boner. Yes. And it was also because it kind of took away from the horror element, but it introduced that whole level of, you said, awkwardness that I didn't know how to deal with but at you, that time. Did you hear what she said? Uh, sex without pain is like food without taste. And you're just trying to process that when you're young. And you're like, I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't know, but I like it. Yeah, I, I, like sp- my, I like my food spicy. Yeah, I like SpaghettiOs. Does that mean yeah. I'm going to like that? <laughs> but I do love the whole act of the, oh. that the virginal lass is the one, is that's, the one a, that's drawn to, to the Marquis de Sade. That's a handsome dude. Let's, let's mm-hmm. face it, man. Now, best part in the... sexy. Oosh! The Marquis de Sexy. <laughs> called, called back just in time. Just in time. Saving the game. Yeah. Good jo- good on you, Billy. It was good on him, Billy. But oh. it's interesting the fact that they also... They brought in the Marquis de Sade, a real-life figure... Right. ...with all these others that are technically make, you know, works of fiction. Yeah. Do you think you would add anything to, like, Waxworks if you made a like evil Waxworks? Like your like dream Waxwork? Maybe something... Or no, no, not necessarily, but, like... What would you add to this waxwork? To this one? Yeah, like more because it just you said the Marquis de Sade was a real person. Yeah, what Jack the Ripper? 
Well, yeah, he kind of shows in, he's up. He's in there. That's right. That's he's right. He's in there. Would you do like Modern, Dahmer? Right. Or would you do like... Gacy. Yeah. Because you could do the or clown. Would you do like Victor Crowley? Oh, go more modern? Pinhead, you know. Well, oh, that's that's too costly. Because, you know, even even Cabin in the Woods, when they had their little release, the, what was their little purge thing? Mm-hmm. They kind of had their like their, their sexual demons or whatever yeah. that aren't Cenobites and so forth. I don't know. I think you could put together your dream one, yeah. but it's like, yeah, I, I think I'd go with the knockoffs myself. There's more charm to them with that. And I like also how the even the peripheral football player gets back involved here. Now, is, is he wearing, is that a karate shirt? Mm-hmm. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. I, <laughs> he just came from his Cobra Kai dojo. His Cobra Kai dojo. I like to think Mac uh, from uh, It's Always Sunny watched this and was like, hmm. <laughs> she went to a waxworks party. Okay. What's, What's a, a waxworks party? Is that like a sexual euphemism? I is it like a so. key party or something? Right. It's like, I'm going to wax that ass at that we waxworks go. party. <laughs> go get your candle dipped. I'm going to get it in Dead End Alley there, man. <laughs> I do like the fact that they're, they basically open. They're like, it's kind of a weird midnight attraction. Uh-huh. Like, that should be also your first clue as well. And this is unfortunately when you got the, uh, the Cretan coming up from behind here. And I do also like the fact that you have to enter willingly. Well, yeah. I guess you te- don't technically. No, you don't. No, no, no. But you have to enter the waxworks. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to enter the exhibit. The waxworks is about to begin, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Could you now? Can you place uh, the waxworks owner here, David Warner, in kind of the the pantheon of great horror villains? Because I don't think. I mean, this. No, is... I think he's more. He's more a uh, great character actor. Yeah, that's in a, this, in a this underrated is a good film. Role. This is a just a good role. And again, those poor wax couldn't afford anyone, you know, to actually do the wax work. So it's like, guys, just stay still, please, as much as you can. It's like some of these guys, I swear, they got a, they brought in some uh, Tourette's people, and they just stop shaking, stop shaking. God damn it! Oh, there we go. Yeah, no free will there. He's so menacing, but he's also Shakespeare, and I like also. How it's an instant it, thing, it, yeah. It just on the outside, but it can take like hours and miles of keef, right? miles <laughs> and miles. <laughs> Which makes I wonder then how long could it technically go? Like because you if know, you're a survivor, China went quite a while. Like, mm-hmm. could you defeat it ultimately? I would think. Yeah, I think you could defeat it because it did set up more rules and like what do you, what do you take over the display? Maybe or maybe you just get out. Yeah, you know. You I guess that's it. Yeah, you level up and then boom, you're ready to like take you on beat level, the level two. You beat the level. Like uh, now you're on the main menu screen and you, yeah, you like, choose which the other level, one. Which one do you want to go to? Oh, that'd be yeah. interesting. Oh, you could do like a little waxworks, waxworks video game. That'd be game. Dope. That would be pretty rad, actually. You could do the nutty zombies from hell. Mm-hmm. You could do the. You'd have to unlock and put in a special code for the Marquis de Sade level. <laughs> <laughs> Becomes Castlevania really quickly. <laughs> Something like that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but Deborah Foreman, my goodness, um, Valley Girl. Um, she was also Fool's in Day. April Fool's Day, of mm-hmm. course. But it also had a little bit part in A Real Genius, where she's the one that asked uh, Chris Knight if she if he can hammer a uh, a twelve inch spike in with his penis. Girls got to have standards, you know. <laughs> and she's still like virginal, <laughs> just like <laughs> bosoms. <laughs> and he's still such a bad boy because he smokes. Right. Oh yes. You Rich got entitled bad boy. Any, well, you know, that is that kind of his his whole uh, arc of his character, just in terms of going from an entitled bad boy to someone that can be a time hero. <laughs> I don't know. I Mark, think, I think he's like a little asshole in the beginning, but going because look, 
It's so bizarre. He, he's having his maid who doesn't yeah. speak English write an essay for him in college. That's there. So there are some straight up shenanigans that could happen. In fact, this entire the first part of this movie, even though it is setting up the wraparound story, it could really be its own little like shenanigan college boner jam story. Boner jam waxworks, boner yeah. works again. And just in terms of like shared cinematic universes, uh, and if you again go listen to our <laughs> hamburger, you do. waxworks, you're getting hungry. <laughs> listen to our uh, Night of the Creeps commentary. Just in terms of like the weird shared cinematic universes that can uh, flow in of that i think you could work that but yeah this first part of it sets up like just some weird um you you're missing like the nerdlinger character and the crusty old dean wow <laughs> that's the only thing you're missing from it the crusty old cretin the crusty old cretin <laughs> actually you know what david warner is kind it's of the, the crusty yeah. old dean yeah welcome to the waxworks they will be expelled <laughs> permanently and so he is actually showing a little bit of care in terms of his, his friends. Like, you know what? Some weird shit probably went down because we were at a freaking waxwork at yeah. midnight. And now we're three down. Yeah. It's like you don't have to watch a lot of movies to know something. Something bad is happening. Something's amiss right here. And, well, you know what? What also I did now. Also, now their structure has fallen yep. with mm-hmm. this next shot here. It's almost a good way of just uh, tracking everything. Fitting the herd. Very like, much so. Hey, you don't know who's in the wax works without a program. <laughs> All just faces without your program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and also then you bring in even more periphery characters in terms of they start bringing the police in and so forth. Because at this point, they're, you watch a lot of these horror films for the inventiveness of the kills. Right. Um, so, you know, you want a little bit of fodder with your characters, but let me ask you this. Do you, in terms of kind of your relation? Oh, look at this guy now. This is just a great... Oh, I love an old school 80s police station. <laughs> right? Just dirty and smoke-filled smoke donuts filled. and coffee. I and... guarantee there's some prostitutes going to be dragged across right? the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's badge is going to be thrown down. You owe me your badge there, uh, Jackson. There's the there prostitute! Is, yes! There's the prostitute! We <laughs> have hoes. Repeat. <laughs> wow. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Anthony Wilcox. That's fantastic. <laughs> And I, I do appreciate that, though, because there's certain tropes. <laughs> yeah, you need to have certain things for an effective way. Like, so the other <laughs> prostitutes getting booked and beat up. They're just, just hanging just regular cop uh, shenanigans. Then there's going to be a tweaker come in, get slammed against the <laughs> desk. And... and also another really weird thing in 80s films with the cops, and I also, just in terms of kind of going back to Fright Night and Evil Ed, the fact that they actually bring the accusers with them. Right. Like, they're saying it. like no none of this anonymous bullshit right. if you got a tip you're a fucking rat <laughs> so you're facing up to it you're putting yourself in the line of fire with this satanic waxwork <laughs> guy as it is man and they're anticipating the small one in fact you get mr warner's neighborhood yeah dapper freaking mm-hmm. david warner there but he's wearing white after labor day come on now <laughs> no that's no you can't do that man that's how the waxworks do well, this actually, this works pretty well in terms of kind of a Halloween rotation film. Uh, although it's been, I mean, ages since I it's probably last watched it. It's been a long time since I've seen this movie. Yeah, and again, that's one of those ones initially that we kind of bonded over, mm-hmm. but just as the first we were watching. In fact, we just watched the sequel the other night at your place. Yeah. And you want, you want to talk about a weird <laughs> tonal shift. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very weird, but it's still a lot of fun. It really is. No, it's, I think this is a superior film, uh, but... The other one, it's a, 
it's a very good continuation. It's not a bad movie, and even if you don't know what the hell's going on because you don't have to see it, they kind of keep you up with it pretty quick. So. Well, in this one, I you know I would this one I qualify and classify as a straight horror film, mm-hmm. and the part two. I can definitely work it in horror, but I can also work in like really like comedy, fantasy almost. Like, oh, a lot of fantasy. It's really interesting Sword because and sorcery. Yeah, it goes all over the map. Sci-fi, straight up ripping off alien. Right. Again, not alien. Uh, there's like not the haunting, but the hunting, the, the hunting, the shinning. Yes, the shinning lad. Uh, Bruce Campbell showing up for an extended period, mm-hmm. uh, which was a nice surprise because also that was the first time I'd ever seen the film. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, and I liked it a lot. I Good. liked it a lot. Good. Just, but it was so different. It's almost like, yeah. not necessarily like the way uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part no, Two is for the original, but it definitely goes off the rails. Mm-hmm. It, it's, but like with this one, you do get variety with a little bit of the horror and the weird sexuality. And Part Two, you also get a little bit of variety in terms of the set pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, would you qualify Part Two also as an anthology? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I think it's got more stories. It's almost like Creep Show Two. It really, yeah. Now, how can you not trust anyone in a sweater vest and a bow tie? Who I asked. Who just put his cigarette out in the palm of his hand. <laughs> and pushed a cop around. That's when you know he means business. And he couldn't wait to get back out to smoke again. Right. You guys were fans of wrestling in like the 80s and the 90s. Does that guy not look like a really, really miniaturized version of Psycho Sid? Yes, Sid, Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious. <laughs> maybe a little, uh, little old school Kurt Henning from his AWA days, maybe. Rickety Cricket's dad. <laughs> His cop uncle. Ah! The test on Tuesday. Studies and chapters! <laughs> I do what, like the... Uh, excuse me, Professor. What uh, <laughs> what chapter were we supposed to read today? See, now this is Nine! a good... Nine! <laughs> here, here we get the shenanigans, though. With, a, again, a caper of a film. Uh-huh. And, and you know what? I like that she's willing to go along with it, man. That's her. This is her first big moment. Yep. From a virginal lass to someone getting involved in shenanigans. Shenanigans. It's like uh, the nerd on uh, the nerd girl from Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah. So I say I gotta be me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> he went to the waxwork. God, it's so weird. But uh, Fright Night was another one where they bring uh, Charlie to the house and they're like they said some shady it's just so weird that they do that mm-hmm. but although it does bring the the police into this film and then although we actually you know what he's somewhat competent and he because he's look he's figuring things out he's mm-hmm. like hey these missing people <laughs> he's tortured by it though right i don't have evidence damn it won't but stand at the same up in time, court. That's at least he was willing to believe, right? And True. now he's putting two and two together. That's one good thing about the '80s. Even though they brought something ridiculous, they're like still okay. Let's I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. Let's you're full of shit, but let's go make sure. You oh, know. and skinny ties. And oh, skinny hell ties. Guys skinny got some ties. skinny ties. Yes, and he's got a little bit of fluff in that hair, where yeah. it's like a little bit of like Tormund, <laughs> like Tormund. Oh, bro, from uh, Game of Thrones. Uh-huh his little brother there now you realize he did go in the staff only area there Came in the so, back door at the waxworks yeah giggity, giggity. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later that's uh the side entrance that's there for the uh right. for the decide that's the room behind side. the beaded curtains will you please use this side? 
The Sodor, Sodor only. <laughs> That's perfect. You know, interestingly enough, the in terms of the the scenario he gets involved in is very kind of Indiana. See again, yeah, he was he's saying like he trying lo- to figure out ah, where he's stuck. Yep. Does there yep. we go? It's already there been taken go. care it's of. It's already done. Well, there goes answers my question. I forgot about that. That's what I love about the rewatch. I forgot about the, yeah because this is gnarly too. Yeah. Well, this is a good cutaway because again we do have literal Michelle Johnson there. And then mm-hmm. by the, the power of special effects, some gnarliness. This wax. Special effects. <laughs> it's legit, y'all. Although that is kind of gnarly there with the uh, the, muscles, the layers of, the, la- yeah. the mo- mu- layers of wax. Yeah. I actually went and saw that, uh, the bodies revealed thing. I was in Colorado a long time ago when it first it came out. It was crazy. It was really, it was insane to see. Uh, partially, of course, just in terms of you know the people that volunteer for that, just in terms of you know how they come to the volunteer. bodies. Exactly. I'm like, ooh, is this a meat market? Like, mm. do I should I feel guilty for they watching use Chinese this? prisoners? Yeah. <laughs> how do you know? Now, now there's a Ouija board. <laughs> now we're in the is, cabin of the woods. Yeah, we're no. This is where the film takes a very interesting turn in terms of introducing his. It's his grandpa, his, his uncle, it's his uncle. Okay, and oh my god, this is a freaking oddities and then some mm-hmm. in terms of the shit that he has up in storage here this he's, is like going to be your <laughs> attic eventually genius in he's terms of all the, the weird shit friday the 13th the series oh that's right it was set in the antique store right yep uh curious antiques never went around seeing it is it any good the show the show uh summer episodes are really good some episodes were shite can't miss um but they would always switch around like every season had a different actress so you're like bah you know, so and the continuum is weird, but hmm. I need to revisit it. But I like the idea of like a needful things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth is serious haunted antiques, horror lord murdered. It's gonna <laughs> that's gonna be my. <laughs> uh oh, uh, see, it, she it just it, the tendrils are reaching out yeah. onto oh, her. Oh, Fifty Shades of Marquis, <laughs> a little ahead of its time there. Mm-hmm. Stormwinds. So did you buy storm bruise with in the, the Marquis de Sade? By any chance, did you ever see the movie Quills mm. with Jeffrey Rush? Jeffrey Rush, yeah, and with Kate Winslet, Shiny McShinerton. Which, which, from Shine? Are you talking about? Yeah. When he was, it's a good movie, <laughs> yeah, man. It it's really good. I uh, recently watched The King's Speech, and I'm just always wanting to maybe recommend Quills, just because it's it's an artsy film, but it's also filthy. You know, he's, yeah. he ends up like writing his uh, his uh, prose and shit on a wall because they take away all of it's it's crazy movie, uh, but he's so good in it and it's Jeffrey Rush, you know, playing the Marquis. Huh. But the actor that plays the Marquis in this one is actually pretty good. Yeah, and it's kind of funny that they use the story. He was that story, telling. we'll get into that one. That one, but again, uh, this is uh, the the Vestron Blu-ray, and it's loaded with a lot of good shit on it, which is really cool that they're doing this now. Well, we were kind of living in this really interesting golden age of retrospectives, documentaries, uh, especially in the horror field. Mm-hmm. You're seeing that more, and it's interesting. You don't really see it um, in the the action genre. Because um, I know Dustin, that's your that's my wheelhouse, baby. Do you see a lot of any of those like really well made horror retrospective documentaries coming out? For N- not really, I actually just watched the one on the Expendables, mm-hmm. uh, the original Expendables movie. Mm-hmm. But um, not that I can remember. I mean, there, you don't really have a lot of people wanting. I mean, action films have a lot of repeat playability, mm-hmm. but they don't have like a following right. at, like like horror films do. Yeah, and I think it, you don't get the closeness with a lot of the characters that you do in in the horror genre that you do in action. You know yeah. what I mean? That makes sense. 
well, you know, we're getting ready to come up to the 30-year anniversary of, like, RoboCop. Um, God, why? You know, I actually think someone is putting together one I like that. I hope so. That's All a right, great yeah. movie. Now, okay, so here we get a very... We Obviously, we're getting the mummy now. But, see, the thing about it is he buys into it, like, almost oh, instantaneously. Well, yeah, this is... Well, who doesn't want to be an Indiana jones dude? Yeah, because he was even saying how this was... Before, when when David Warner tried to shove him in, saying like, oh, yeah, oh I used to is... love the mummy. The mummy was my yeah. thing. I even had a degree in archaeology. So, for the time being, this could be his heaven. Right. Before he's sent And again, to there's that, tr- there's the turn. Yeah. Just and this is of, a gory one, This too. one is crazy good. But the, uh, the music, the Swan Lake mm-hmm. music, and the, it just... Everything just no worked. Roger Bellin. Look, I, I mean, the scenery. You feel like it, you know it's hokey and you know it's some small soundstage, but for just looking at it, yeah. you feel it's like it still works for the mm-hmm. segment. I'm drawn into it. No, it's just it's a credit to everyone that worked on this film. And yeah. again, we're coming here in a couple of years. Actually, we'll be coming up to its 30 year uh, anniversary. And I'll be honest, though, it's really interesting in terms of um, online uh, where I was like looking and listening to a few things. I don't see a lot of people that like this film as much. Really? This movie is yeah. great. And well, again, because I'm, that's why I'm so happy it got warranted this kind of release. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was actually had more of a cult following, and it does, but it's not as universally loved as I thought it would. And uh, you know what? I'll, as much as I love the Monster Squad, the Mummy was kind of wasted in that one. This movie oh, is yeah. He's horrific in this one. And I'll be honest, this is the kind of stuff that when I watched films like The Mummy and Indiana Jones, the idea of entrapment and being just yeah. just nowhere to go with something like that is awful. But that mummy is almost... That oh, was just excellent costume design. Yeah, he's very much a creep show mummy. Like, this is horrible. Bite the curve. Oh, my God. And you heard the squish. You hear the yeah. squish. And here you get a little bit more of um, the gore that was involved. And again, because of the unrated version here. From the mummy to the kitty. <laughs> and we're not watching uh, Tales from the Dark Side here, Cat. <laughs> but there is Can't a mummy. Involved. There's a mummy in that one, too. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> this is a horrible way to die. Yeah, it is. Although when you wear a pencil-thin mustache like that, you know, you're, just, you're begging <laughs> you're about for... You're to get speared somehow. Somewhere. The, oh, look how gnarly that is. Oh, the goop. Oh, man. That's insult injury. Well, they, yeah, they, you, had some, you had some weird sexual undertones there. Did you notice that? Like, before the mummy, she, like, grabbed her breast, and then the mummy penetrates him. Wow. The, the way no. she's sitting, she's sitting on yeah, the floor. Yeah, that's a little... That a little suggestive. Sexy. Yeah. Gun dry fires. That's interesting. I've never noticed. Right. The splooge in the mouth. And again, this score is fantastic. And it's not even, to me, the highlight of the film. To me, that comes with the Marquis de Sade. The mummy just went, Unity! (laughs) (laughs) What did the five fingers say to the face? (laughs) Instead of slap, it's like a hieroglyphic. (laughs) Now, when the arms open, that always weirded me out back in the day. I don't know what it was. Something away. It was very mechanical looking, but it's it still got kind of freaked out. Yeah, it is. That's very Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. But what a horrible way to die to be just stuck in there for eternity, man, or at least until you uh, probably, in this case, starved to death. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And I look at the color on that man. That's some magic light right there. Now, who also doesn't want an eccentric uncle, right? With a. Uh... That's a uh, with his own cretin. He's got <laughs> with is that, is that Michael Bolton? Hair? Was that no? Actually, actually, for a second, I thought that was uh, Tom Noonan. 
would have made a really good side t- now this this guy's pad actually that's totally the uh the catman scruthers afro, yeah, afro painting <laughs> it's his own little uh india with a little uh hinduism taste to it mm-hmm. now actually yeah this is the place that has the collection of stuff but just look how she brightens up a room man mm-hmm. old performance she's just lovely even though Billy's uh, Mark over there trying to bring everything down. But I do like that. The fact that they give him in a wheelchair just adds to that kind of eccentrism uh-huh, that he has. The older gentleman who's seen things and big game hunter of the occult. And he can always charm the pants off the ladies. Right. <laughs> I once had a threesome with Gore <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Colonel Gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Sledgehammer. <laughs> Sledgehammer, actually. I like that show. You know, he shows up in um, Cobra. Uh, yeah, as the photographer. Yes. Which is just a great, like, oh, no, Sledge, what happened, man? Right. Still wearing the sunglasses inside. Oh, hell's uh-huh. You do that in the 80s now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now, this is unfortunate. you got to watch the Cretans there. And weird enough that we do get, well, I guess he does get called out here. He's all happy for him. So, I did good, Daddy. I did good. I did good. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and they are trying to love him and quiz him and call him George. <laughs> I do like that he does. It's cool. It's okay. It's all right. And you know, in, in many ways, it's kind of like a, a Dr. Frankenstein kind of feel where yeah. he does have his little minions underneath mm-hmm. them and just in terms of what he's creating Dr. there. Dr. Frankenstein creating. Yeah. <laughs> But like a good villain, though, I mean, he's determined what he's doing is mm-hmm. for that's what he needs to do. For the greater evil. For the greater evil, yes. You know, they never talk about the greater evil. It's the greater good. Right. But what's for the greater evil? Huh. Doing the waxworks. Doing the wax. Well, you know what I really liked about part two was the explanation just in of terms what of everything really was. The battles that they go through in part two when they're going through time is when they win, they're pushing evil back. But when they lose, that's when some like horrible calamity happens in the uh-huh. real world. I thought that was very interesting. It is. It sets up a really cool world. You could really explore they're that. If anything they're talking about in this, if anything, if they fulfill all the waxworks, then all hell will break loose. Right. And if anything gets out of the waxworks, right. it, it, it contaminates can things. the world. Yeah. Yeah, there's some really interesting things that, that go on in this particular franchise. Well, mm-hmm. franchise, I mean the the original and the sequel. Uh, but the fact that it got a sequel is, is really a lot of fun. And the fact that it is just, again, a totally different feel mm-hmm. of everything. And then the way it explains, the if you sold his soul to the devil, so it's a Satan movie. Mm-hmm. And he has those trinkets, what gives the waxworks power. It's like the horcorks or horcrux or whatever they yeah, are. Yeah, the horcrux. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's those from the actual things. So it's also saying that, like, evil is real. There was Dracula. There was a Frankenstein. Right. There was... The mummy. Well, I do like the fact. I do like the idea of everything yeah, comes it's a from. Really, it's a very unique. Really, when you think about it, a very unique story, especially for the time yeah. that it's been taken. Because this is what uh, this came out in '88. Yeah. So, I mean, by '88, they were running out of fresh ideas, and this was, one is super fresh. And I was about to say, yeah, this that's is. That's why the... I don't understand why it hasn't got as much like love and adoration as. Because it was hidden behind all the action films of the 80s. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Early 90s. And all the even horror slasher right. films. I don't think people were ready for something no. like... Well, 88 is also when you got like Halloween 4 that came back out and kind of course-corrected uh, course the Halloween franchise. Mm-hmm. At that point, the Nightmare series was kind of apexed and was falling down. 
Um, So, yeah, you're right. It really did kind of get mixed in between because it is – it's not a straight horror film. No, and and I think that was something that was lacking in the 80s, a mix between horror and comedy. And that's why when they do have ones like Return, we tend to more gravitate because it's something fun. It's not that that just pure hateful horror is not fun, but at the same time – there's something to be said about like a one where like yeah get him and it'd be fun and there's jokes and you know things inside a fun horror movie is yeah. what they what that was it's severely needed and this was to me a breath of fresh air yeah and I think it's no surprise then that the commentaries we've done have been for Return of the Living Dead uh-huh. Night of Another the Creeps horror, yeah, and now comedies, Waxwork yeah because we we do gravitate towards them because they are fun they're just fun movies. And you know, you always hear the argument, um, horror and comedy are one and the same, and it's very much mm-hmm. uh, just in terms of the level of catharsis, and this, I really think, has a good balance on it, because when the horror hits, the horror hits, yeah, like when, we've seen. Uh-huh. I mean, that vampire scene is, that's gory-ass shit. Yeah, but it's also funny with the champagne bottles and the... <laughs> so it's it's campy, it's gory, it's it kind of wants to have its cake and eat its too, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why, maybe it put some people off initially, because yeah. um, I don't think it's necessarily saying it's smarter than it is, no. I think it really knows what it is. Yeah, it knows exactly what it is and what it wants to say, it's because not that it's trying to put on, like, look how smart we are. It's not but, putting on the airs. No, but it's saying, let's just make a fun movie, something new, you know? Yeah. Because there are some, even like at the end, when the shit hits the fan... Just even watching it the first time, I remember going going into it knowing it was a horror film, so I always had a state of mind with a horror film when I would watch it. And then when the tonal shifts hit, I remember being affected by it, going, well, wait a minute. Like, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought yeah. It, was, it becomes an adventure uh-huh. film at one point when he's sword fighting with the, well, not that kind of sword fighting, uh, <laughs> with the Marquis de Sade, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, such rivalry. <laughs> but I, re- I remember going, whoa, this is such a weird take on it. And I was like, I'm I'm open to this. This is kind of cool. It was yeah. almost like, oh, that was scary. Yeah. It was uh, a little jump scare there. Which doesn't happen often in this film. No. And that's the other thing I also like about this film is it isn't built on jump scares. No, it's built on like gore, gore scares. Yeah. Gore scares. Because it's not, I think there are elements of fear in it, and just in terms of, again, why it makes it a good horror film, but all those other elements that, again, make it so it's so unique. Ooh, never look behind the curtain. Yeah. See, at that... <laughs> Here at Adam's Dairy, we make all of our cottage <laughs> cheese. That's actually behind the scenes at Chateau Milk right there. You're right. Mm. You like that root beer milk? This is where it comes from. <laughs> the wax works. <laughs> Sacrifices. That's so sad. So sad. Forever just torment. And so I wonder then also if it's like their souls are forever trapped or something yeah, like that. Yeah, their souls go to the devil. Yep. Damn. To, oh, that's go, right. Because it is. to the summoning process. Oh, oh, good Lord. I just Can't feel, stay away from the facade. I just feel really bad for the actors that had to stay still during the entire time. Don't move. Don't move. We're going to go out and shoot this outside shot. Do not move. <laughs> right. <laughs> Zippo lighter fluid, not necessarily gasoline. Right. Oh man. Uh-oh. Well, in oh goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Yavol. Now that is Anthony um, Anthony Hickox on the right there, the writer director. Ah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Playing a nobleman, I believe. Well, you know, here's the thing. In this scene, if I was the writer director, this is the I scene you'd want in it. Yeah. The scene that I would be in. As it turns out, yeah, mm-hmm. Deborah Foreman and him were dating at the time. Yep. Interestingly enough, oh man, you know he's just sitting there with a the smoke, just like hit a harder. It again, 
And again. I'm going to go Kubrick on you this time. Because. So this is. Oh, it's the powdered (laughs) wigs. I've always found that kind of like really alluring. And this. Like the whole Amadeus. And this score is Mm -hmm. my. This is my favorite uh, little bit of music here. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It is. It's really good. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty. Oh, Deborah Foreman. Just giving it. Do you see this canvas, this blank canvas? And the idea, the fact that they, you know, and just in terms of their M.O. is they would have beaten her to death. Like, that's how she would go in this one. Uh That's kind of horrific. But it doesn't play as traditional werewolf, vampire, monster kind of thing. It's the monster that is man. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The sexual desires of man. Too sexy. I keep my gloves off for my woman. Nice of mice and men. (laughs) Mice and men, right? (laughs) Got to keep it moist. (laughs) <laughs> Moist. <laughs> Trying to remember which rep theater I saw that in, but uh, that guy was relishing being the bad guy when he was playing that character. It was great. Now he's just going to sit back and watch a little. <laughs> yeah, got some cuckolding going on here. Really weird. Back in the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And they even like invite the party guests, and, stuff. and oh, even the, like even the servant girls are like yeah. getting in on it. Mm-hmm. Well, you, then you got the upper crust back there that are just watching. Yeah, the the uh, upper society. Yes. The bloodstained pillars. Yes, let's let's Take forget off that the, wig. Girl. Yep, I'm gonna get to the original. So, uh, J. Kenneth Campbell plays the Desaad in here. And another reason to uh, to get this particular release is on the making of. He tells this fucking hysterical story where many years pass after he performs as the Marquis de Sade in this film. Uh, a buddy of his gives him a call up and he's like, hey, I want you to um, go to me with this group gathering. And he's like, well, what's the group gathering? And he's like, well, it's a bunch of like submissive and, um, and domination people. <laughs> He's like, why do you want me to go with you? He's like, I just need someone to go with me. <laughs> so they go, and people are kind of introducing themselves to each other. And all of a sudden, his friend, people start, like, whispering around the room and shit. <laughs> yeah. And they ask him, they're like, you need to uh, introduce who you are and if you're submissive or, uh, dom- like, domineering. Or right. And so they get to uh, Jake Kenneth Campbell, and he says, uh, I don't really know anything about this, but I'm probably be more like, you know, a dominator or someone. And yeah, I guess people just start whispering. <laughs> and his buddy's like, what's going on? And he goes, what's going on? He's like, everyone's saying, like, it's, it's the Marquis de Sade. It's him. It's the king. It's the king. And he realizes, like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, it's this movie I was in oh so long ago. But it actually carried yeah, that weight great. so many years later. Now, I love the fact that we go to a... Romero. Yeah, and a black, black and white... And white. Mm-hmm. So straight up Night of the Living Dead, but some gnarly zombie work in yeah, this as well. Really good zombie work. Some very scary zombies in this one, I might add. With the filed teeth, the yes. gnarly teeth, and almost looking like some Savini and Rick Baker esque. Mm-hmm. So again, really good work on the special effects. And oh, that damn that hand, hand. Chekhov's hand here. Uh huh. Let's see if that comes with, back into play with a watch. With a watch. Oh, it's that watch. That's right. Now, obviously, everyone in an oversaturated zombie market, you know, knows what they're going to do in a zombie right. apocalypse. But, but at this time, there genius, wasn't... you live near a cemetery that uh-huh. looks just like that for yeah, the most does. part. It man. does. It does. It's we a could very probably recreate school. like this entire scene, but ah, can't make it out. He survived, but yeah, there's the trick to it. And those are some good, scary zombies, man. Mm-hmm. And that's tough to make. I don't know. Not necessarily to make zombies scary anymore, because you can get them good and gory. Yeah. But 
for them to have a little bit of a presence and the variation, I think, is the key. I think so, because each one is distinct. Because I think that what they're not dealing with hordes. Yeah. They can make actually give some time to each individual zombie. And mm-hmm. then now you have the Cretan and the... And I do like the fact that if the, the seal, you know, hasn't been completed, you can you still can get go in, in there. there. And you're not uh, decked out or buying into everything. Yeah, the world. Yeah. You're in your civvies. That makes sense, too. And again, just a little bit of layer to the mm-hmm. mythos of this yeah. film. It sets up very good established rules. I mean, and they, some of those rules even carry over into the sequel, you know? Yeah. Some don't, but... I've never... <laughs> and she's just... She's, she's given, man. I, I, uh, I do love the fact also they're like, I've never seen such insolence. <laughs> Talking about uh, we're going to be hosting a screening of Flash Gordon soon. There's that scene where Ming makes uh, Dale Arden do her little dance <laughs> with his Cosby ring or whatever. And uh, it's like, <laughs> I've never seen. And it's again that whole I've never seen such submissiveness before. But again, had See Mark not. Had Mark not intervened, man, they would have beaten her to death. Mm-hmm. That's some harsh shit. But she's digging it. <laughs> she's like, is that all you got, bitch? The Marquis de Fuckboy. He was the original one, I think. Or at least he made... You know what? No, he was, intele- he was an intellectual, though, so you know. Right. And look at look, look, what... Look, yeah, wow. see, that's, that's This is great. what genius is going on in his mind Don't all day long. dream it, be it. Playing harps and powdered wigs. Some, and some classy rawr. stuff. This is uh, turn it up to. That's where the bad Caligula. girls go to. Yeah, it turns. It could have turned. Taken a well, it does take a. This movie does take a turn, man. Yeah. It just again when you what, like right here, just like because she's like that's dirty. She's all about and he's and all he's into you, digging it. Again, and I love this music. Love uh, this dun, music dun, cue. Dun. It sets the mood nicely. It's dangerous yet sexy. It's dangerous liaisons. Oh! <laughs> Intruders. Oh. Don't stop. Wow. Wow. Please hurt wow. me more. Yeah. Yeah, that went from a horror movie, like you said, totally to the opposite. Went from a horror to a horror. <laughs> and trying to talk her out, but she's totally into she it. She is just, she's just Sweat dripping out of every pore. She's <laughs> every <just> orifice. Moist. <laughs> Again, why does moist have to come up twice now in the commentary? Because oh. well, that's why. Yeah. Right there. Oh, that's rough. And doesn't he say something like she tasted her for her first at orgasm came from like the taste the of taste my whip? Of whip? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think that's when he's getting ready to drop this one. I mean, that's and that's some some shade. Uh huh. She gave an entertaining show, man. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, I like and now. That, now he's like, you know what? I I, I understand I know the rules. Yeah, like I can break this down. Yeah, she had her first orgasm <laughs> at the end of a whip, and not, not by, your by your touch. touch. That's cold blooded. Uh huh. That guy was the original Rick James, man. Yeah, he was. He goes. Shit. He's the one you always wanted to come into the party. Right. (laughs) Instead of his music, he had his poetry and shit. (laughs) He's got a little cue. (laughs) The Marquis here. Yeah, the Marquis knew how to throw a party, man. Even. Oh, yeah, this is even better. 
Like the shit is on. <laughs> this is actually kind of the uh, the Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street uh-huh. moment yeah. when she turns the back. He's like, no, boom, I've yeah. got you. I know the game you at this point. Shit. Yeah. Marquis de Sade, like Marquis de Shade. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> boom, nothing. In your face with a can of mace. Although, me, bitch. <laughs> although yeah, the spell was broken pretty quickly there, so maybe the virginal side actually came and saved her. Uh-huh. Maybe it was good to be oh, a virgin in this horror movie. Dude, you you know what he's done actually? He's made the marquee impotent at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's talk about just in terms I'm of impotent. <laughs> Get away from me, bitch. It's no, just in terms of, you know, he he's done it in front of like this English prince yeah. and all of his servants. All, yeah, he can't have that. Oh hell no. Well, that's we, we can't have that. Someone's gonna have to have a duel. Exactly. Pistols at dawn. <laughs> and with the marquee, actually, and that's what in terms of when the the movie kind of not doesn't go off the rails, but when everything kind of um goes off the rails at the end, uh-huh. they have their little moment. Like this has been building. Yeah, it's kinda it's like, cool. Now I can hurt you. Mm-hmm. You, you, you win this round, Billy. <laughs> Don't fuck her after midnight. You've won a battle, but the war rages on. It's a waxwork war. And he calls him out. Like, I'll, I'm going to fuck you up again. Like, I will interrupt the horror movie for mm-hmm. my little big of a segment and it'll mess young Greg up. Because <laughs> he doesn't know how to deal with the awkward boner now. Mm-hmm. Now you must sit there with the raging erection for the rest of the movie <laughs> and hide it in shame. And we have a beheading yet to come. The Marquis wins this one. You may have your petty victory. You'll never unsee what I have shown. The Marquis always cracks the whip. So good. So in terms of your favorite anthologies... Um, you know, obviously, this is kind of one that you have to argue whether it's an anthology it's or not. It's oddly anthology. What was that again, Genius? Oddly anthology. Oh, I'm not saying that could be important, but... Uh, yeah, maybe sometime in the future. Just... There are a number of films out there, though, that I think kind of work like waxwork, mm-hmm. um, that work as standalone films. Or anthologies. Um, it, arguably anthologies. One of Another one that's a favorite of mine that um, kind of mixes uh, genres is The Dungeon Master, mm-hmm. um, which was... Uh, they took like, oh my god, there's like, I think five or six different segments but in each segment a different director actually took it, it yeah. kind of like Tales of Halloween uh, Tales of Halloween would be uh, also uh, Amazon Women on the Moon or <laughs> uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and movie it, and look at that smoking jacket oh my man is like so pimp so Hefner-esque dad. Hefner-esque thank god he wasn't wearing a captain's hat because then that would have derailed the movie for me there I'm a sea captain <laughs> But they've got to keep the illusion up, man, because mm-hmm. they've got they've got people coming yeah, in. Two more they kill. <laughs> this still is a functioning waxwork, you know. Exactly. The, the general still public. Plans. Yes, they have the normal hours. Now we also I love the fact that we get now that is that kind of a combination of um, the body snatchers and and, and little and, shop of horrors. Okay, perfect. Nutty zombies from hell. <laughs> That's what happens when you wear an earring. Oh. Mm-hmm. The Marquis got his lady one way or yep. the other, man. Marquis always wins. And I guarantee didn't give as near as much. No, not, not as quite the inter- show. entertainment show. All before midnight, man. Oh. <laughs> Blue-loosh. Sad, beaten to death. And then obviously with a zombie, eaten to death, man. Yep, what a way to go. Yep. 
And if they're Romero zombies, they just chow down on us. Just gnarly. Wow. Yep. And if they were. And we win. (laughs) And this is, again, almost like the purge at the end of Cabin in the Woods. Yep. When everything comes alive. But awesomely, and the twist that comes up just in terms of the Calvary, uh huh, which makes the glasses on Nutty Zombies from Hell. I always thought this was a really cool scene. It's rad as shit. Monsters coming alive, and well, this is the part also that if I was in this, I'd be scared shitless mm-hmm. because this is every potential monster and nightmare. Yeah, come, is coming to get you. Yeah, you can defeat one, but how are you going to defeat them all? Yeah, exactly. It's like, is, it's like a twisted Pokemon. It's the Expendables <laughs> of uh, the Waxworks right here, man. You're getting the A-team. Uh, I wonder how the... Fa- that thing... Okay, that thing right there. Mm-hmm. Does that look not like the snake uh, I creature? I not like the evil baby either. Oh, that, uh, the, oh, the mutant baby? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, the snake creature from uh, Dreamscape? From Dreamscape, yes. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Pod person... We had a little... Oh, that's so scary. What is that? Dr. Jekyll. Oh, there we go. Okay, good call. Good call. We got the mummy again. Uh-huh. It's... it's oh. The troll toll. The tro- <laughs> you gotta pay the troll toll. If oh. you want the boys hole. Now, China is gonna rock some shit as a vampire. Mm-hmm. Which, you know... And she was smiling, too. Did you see that? She's like, yeah. Uh, you know she's gonna give over to that. Uh-huh. Just embrace the night. I may be bad, but yeah. I feel good. But I feel good. That thing is frightening. Yeah, it is. And good old-fashioned practical. Now, that's a little un- uncalled for there, I think, you know. Well, it, it, it was the Waxworks music thing. Oh, I mean, and here we have the senior brigade. Yeah, the <laughs> the old shady acres let out. Right, exactly. <laughs> the old guard, if you will. I do like the idea of contamination uh-huh. and the fact that they use the terminology of contamination. And it's all old people. It's like... It is. There's something to be said about the, those old folks sticking up for our well, rights, man. You know why? Because it's, it's his like, generation. It's the the monsters are the universal monsters. That's the generation and that's that grew the up with them. Generation that grew up with them. They're the yeah. ones that've been fighting those monsters at bay for a long time. Lovely, lovely, yeah. good old. See, we like to bring the intellectual here <laughs> on Nerds and Nostalgia and Nightmare Junkhead. You just have to go an hour and twenty two minutes of right? fart jokes. <laughs> To get there, we <laughs> like to reward. <laughs> we like to reward those there. Now, now I will admit the melee here is a little rough, uh, but it's still. But it's old people versus monsters. At can the same can we time. call out his his uncle having like the chariot of death? Mm-hmm. Like the, his his he wheelchairs was, all done up. He was it influenced was, by George Miller. Uh, he, it was souped up by Gary Busey. <laughs> Piss, Piss on, on the, the waxworks. Works. <laughs> But hell, yeah, is, those monsters are kicking some ass. Yeah, though. they are. Yeah, they are. Well, actually, the where? Oh, there oh. we go. A little blood spray. The aliens dead. Jack the Ripper. This is a lot of fun, actually, just in terms mm-hmm. of everything that's crazy that's going on. But now that they're now technically they're fair game, though, just in terms of yeah. outside of the waxworks. Because the werewolf is the, back. The where everything is back, mm-hmm. and the werewolf like whoops some ass. Oh in yeah, this film. the werewolf is. He he has a really good kill. Yeah, he does. He's got oh, he's got several in this film. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But this is, I think, the the beginning of the uh, the time warrior training. Exactly uh, for Mark. Again, man, the, okay, did you see that girl getting uh, or that lady or a man or something getting Indian burned? Indian burned. <laughs> be giving With Indian the rope. burns, right? Be playing dirty that way, man. I figured the Marquis would do that kind of shit. This is what I call foreplay. <laughs> I like the Marquis. Like, man, this is ah. yo yo. He's breaking way. out his finest yeah, rag right? for this one, man. His Even do-rag. more, 
Doesn't he? Doesn't he uh, don an eye patch as well? I don't think he's a pirate. He's like the wind pilot. No, I'm serious. Is it? I want to say. Oh, that's great. Gotta love the stabbing there. Oh, dude, China going to town. China's getting her little bit of fangs and some stuff. Not Frankenstein's monster. Swear to God. Well, he's playing and dirty that guy, too. That guy is playing dirty. He's just like just picking off people one by one. <laughs> that's just that's not cool, man. That's not. And cool. I love the continuation because of the, the seduction because they were he was pursuing her too. Exactly, and also the continuation that they took the scar. The piece mm-hmm. of, oh yeah, good the continuity. Piece of wax, that's and good. then yeah, I think that works well. Now that she's human, it's now mm-hmm. gooey again. But yeah, oh, stabbed from behind, giggity. That's one cock there block. That's okay Jenkins. there. Yeah, Jenkins, man. Jen- Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Save the day again, Master. <laughs> Time Lord begins. That's the Alfred. <laughs> That's the Alfred. <laughs> oh, dude, he did a double noggin knock yeah, in there. The That's old school kicking. WWF. Yeah. Kiss this. Very, very 80s action, action-y going on here. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their one-liners and zingers. Mm-hmm. Man... Going through there like a grinder. I love that. Shiny and old. <laughs> <laughs> Witness me. All the all of the girls are just getting dirty. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Oh, Jesus. Well, Wait, now Billy's playing dirty. You killed the zombie Sanders. <laughs> he was a funny <laughs> zombie? Yeah, zombie was... No. Uh, that's sad. Yeah. Now here, now actually, this is where truly Mark gets his groove back with the sword. The actually, would this be a a foil? A, a, a rapier. A rapier. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Message for you, sir. Please, please don't let me be a burden. My right. death shouldn't be bothering you right now. You have more pressing matters at hand. <laughs> pip pip. <laughs> One pip, thing pip. though, your laundry is in the wash. And is that's a zombie, I would assume, or a ghoul. Uh, like, we've got everything now, yeah. we, and we didn't have the luxury of having a freaking uh, board to go from right. with this one. And the Cretan's still kind of alive. Yeah, he is. Of course he is. Cretans don't go down easy, man. Mm-mm. Oh, that's some harsh... Okay, there you go. Little... Does it the, the little baby. <laughs> oh! <laughs> a movie that starts with a with like a head in flame and kills a little kid. Come on now. Yeah, this is that make my day. <laughs> Actually, the backhand I, trope I, works pretty I well. I like this fight scene. It's fun. Feed me, baby. Uh huh. So it went from body snatcher to, <laughs> to freaking little yeah. shop. Yeah, and they're okay with that because it's fun. Oh yeah, fuck yeah! Kick him in the nards. Yeah, well, yeah. This Wolfman will have nards. Mm-hmm. Oh. Good show, Spot. Yeah. Pip, pip, I say. Spot on. Good on you, old chap. Silver. Tally-ho. Uh, Tally-ho. See? And the way he says it's silver, because if you're like, you can't kill him with the sword. <laughs> but like with silver, you can. You know so. that was the uncle, actually. You also wanted to help do your like uh, pine car derby and mm-hmm. shit. He always made the your really rad one. Yeah. Soapbox derby, yeah. The thermodynamics, boy. The thermodynamics. <laughs> Damn. Although I also give uh, props to uh, the Marquis de Sade for being a, a hairy-chested individual. Yeah. You know, that's my people. So I like to see positive representations of us on the screen. <laughs> Although I guess he's not necessarily positive, yeah. That depends on who you ask. Sex positive, I yeah. guess. You know, very open. <laughs> the test came back positive. <laughs> Dan Savage would approve. It's cool. 
And now we almost have like a Bond villain mm-hmm. kind of moment here. We meet again, Mr. Billy. <laughs> Mr. Peltzer. I told Mr. you to Pel- stop calling me that. God damn it. I'm Mark. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Peltzer. <laughs> and now we get a little fencing. Ooh, and he was ready for oh, it. Oh, he... Man. Well, here's the thing. Marquis de Sade, he comes from that time. Yeah, that's true. And also, his manhood was thrown into question, so he's going to give him a, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to relish this. Exactly. It's all about the build-up, the foreplay. A proper thrashing. A pr- <laughs> Don't think of me as some schoolboy here to get my rocks off and not to do anything. I'm going to give you a... he's just loving it. Yeah, no, this is totally... He's in his element. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. You know, you t- like, you know he, oh, he was wanting to beat her to death. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's totally relevant. But again, this is when again when I watched it the first time, this is the thing. It didn't take me out of the film, but it made me realize I am watching something completely different. Right. This is a different kind of where the hero film. is actually fencing somebody, and it's not a monster. Right. And it took me a while to figure out it was you know obviously human monster this or that, but I was just like, this is an adventure film. Mm-hmm. This is Robin Hood. Tales of Swashbuckling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is an Errol Flynn movie. All of a sudden, action. Which, Adventure! And it would make Romance. sense because all of those films came from the same time in terms uh-huh. of the Universal. The only thing missing is a pencil thin mustache <laughs> on Mark, which he gets in the second one. Yeah, in the he sequel. does. <laughs> so they make up for lost time. I wonder and, some epic music playing in the background. Oh, they! I'd, I'd mm-hmm. like to see. Uh, actually, you know what? Waxworks Records should put Have out Waxworks Record. <laughs> And let me tell you something in terms of Waxworks 2 and the music in that one, their main theme Caesar says no was straight up Suspiria, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Cuz it went dun 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 uh-huh. and then it added another note but it was exactly yeah. Suspiria. And it didn't take me out of the movie but I was like every like, time it hit Suspiria. I was yeah. like yeah, it's like which. <laughs> and it reminded me I wasn't watching. Oh, snap. Axed in the back, I man. Know. Who dares disturb the muck? Oh. She can uh, give it mm-hmm. as well as, as or take, take it. it. Yeah. And she can and get she, it. Yeah, yes, she can. <laughs> All of your shit is going up in, well, in, uh, flames. in flames. Yeah, here in a second. Yeah. But this is very grandiose. And again, what the hell kind of gun is that? It's like an old Mauser. Is it? It I looks like know. one of those pens you had when you were a kid, like they had the four different colors on them. <laughs> no, but he's a super, <laughs> oh, have... he's a super villain. He has to have something crazy weapon. You, it's yeah. a disintegrator. It's a... It will turn you into wax. It will turn you into wax. Did you ever watch, um, just in terms of, you know, this is kind of not necessarily a spinoff from some of the older wax-based films, like with Vincent Price and House so forth, House of Wax and so forth. But technically, that kind of can be considered a whole subgenre. Of wax, ways, of wax movies, yeah, and of course, I do like the fact that the uncle got a chance to take him out. Exactly, and I like the fact that he dies yep. in a pool boiling pit of wax. That's well, good comeuppance. That's good uh-huh. comeuppance. Now, this is an effective kill for me. And then, and obviously, the way it's framed, you know, come on now, that's great. But looks like he just has chicken noodle soup on his face. Mm, chunky, chunky. This, oh, the, this is rough. But this is also, again, letting the, the bunicula here have his time. And why not? We can't go out without yes. a good... Yeah. Beheading. Yeah. A beheading, yeah. Oh, that's gnarly. And, 
the poor guy, the poor yeah. girl singed fur and shit. They said he definitely got singed with that one there. And again, that's what happened. Well, Jesus, look at that right yeah. there. That was all in camera. Uh-huh. Again, stuff you would never see nowadays. <laughs> and pr- and that's the other thing in terms of the, the special features on this one. The special effects guys were giving themselves props, and they deserved and earned every single bit oh, of yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Because there was truly, there is an art to the There's a lot camera. of people catching on fire in these scenes. And that's, that's a lot of what you people. lose with even action films now. Mm-hmm. You know, the practical effects and you whatnot no is being taken over CGI. Yeah. That's what I loved about uh, Verhoeven and his films. Yeah. Uh, okay, now granted, that's... Yeah, but right. at the same time... I think the budget was gone. Out of building. At the same yeah. time, it's, it, it's, a, it's, it's a game over, basically. It's not like you can get like the Joneses to the, like, right. you know, guys, we're going to burn down your house. Um, do you mind signing this liability release? Yeah, there was enough good stuff in there that, see. That, that's good could, miniature work. Yeah, you could see it's a miniature, but it looks really good. Yeah, that's all you need to that. And that's okay. That's it's, yeah. Again, it doesn't take away see, anything still, from the film. that. It's still really cool. Yeah. And that's a dope song. Doom, 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 doom. Doom. There's some fantastic cues in this. That's I hope really hope it does get released because... Um, all for the month of November on Nightmare Junkhead, I know, especially we're going to be kind of doing little segments, things we're thankful for. And I've got a few things I'm thankful for in terms of lines of that. But, uh-oh, a little bit that gets contaminated. Yep. Uh-huh. And it's uh, the one thing also that's rad with the sequel. It sets it up right after this ends. Direct yep. continuation. And the only thing that's kind of um, a little jarring is they do recast mm-hmm. the, the Deborah Foreman role. The Sarah role. Mm-hmm. But almost kind of like with Night of the Creeps, when you get the... The last little... Uh, little twist. Uh-huh. Just in terms of shit may not necessarily be over, and there's some other stuff that's coming up. How this movie still plays fun, though, man. Yeah, and then it, it just brings that really dope... And then, of like course, the... gotta melt it down. From once we started, then we end. Written, directed by Anthony Hickox. And this is truly... This is a cult classic. Uh-huh. You know, these are the... And honestly, the... Um, Vestron, just in terms of the the releases they've put out, they put out uh, Chopping Mall, which is great. Blood, which I own. Blood uh-huh. Diner, which is great. Uh, this one which here, which I own. They just put out uh, Chud Two, Bud the Chud. Oh God! Which I don't know anyone that was really clamoring for that on Blu-ray. Right. But then they also just put out uh, Return of the Living Dead Part Three. Oh, really? So they are also okay. going for some very niche titles uh-huh. that I think are interesting. Um, but no, this is definitely a lot of fun, and I'm kind of this is. Just it was a good rewatch. It was, it was nice being able to see it, you know, because it, it, it had been a long, long time since yeah. I've seen this film. I it, it's been it's been about about five years for me. I'd say yeah, definitely more than five years for me as well. Yeah. Um, but no, this is just it's so much fun. Um, definitely, oddly an anthology, uh-huh. um, and then inspired and had just a it's, really weird sequel, a really weird but fun sequel. It is a lot yep. of fun. This movie to me, this movie is superior. The first one's better than the sequel, but at the same time, the sequel had some really interesting things it wanted to do, and I think it pulled off a lot of those interesting things. I think with a couple of switches here and there, um, I think maybe with the different music, the sequel would have been a little bit more, um, just a little bit more, have a punch. Sure. But the fact that it has a sequel, it and now it has, that this movie spawned a, a mini franchise and a new Blu-ray release, I think... That's going to open up 
more people to the the cult of waxworks. I hope so because I do think it's one that deserves that kind of a cult. Yeah, it's a lot it's, of fun. It is really a fun movie, and that's the one thing. Just in terms, I think the movies that we gravitate to are mm-hmm. the ones that are fun, right? That aren't necessarily overly serious, or torture porn, yes. or you know, <laughs> and it has its place. Uh, you know, don't right, get me wrong. Right. There's nothing wrong with it. If you dig you, torture porn, you dig torture porn. You won't hear us doing a commentary track on, for Hostel. Exactly. You know, I exactly. mean, the the ones we do are the ones that we have a the lot of fun love for. Yeah. Um, in fact, you know, we're dropping this one for Nerds of Nostalgia and Nightmare Junkhead, but I know, you know, down the line, we're definitely thinking about doing Willy Wonka, mm-hmm. which is kind of appropriate given, you know, the entrance <laughs> here of David Warner's character. Uh, but even on Nerds, you know, we did a uh, one on Revenge of the Nerds, and then right. we have in Dustin the one we did for Predator. Predator. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, they're a lot of fun, and more than anything, I always like to just think it's kicking back. Yeah, watching watch the, the movie with some friends. Yeah. You know, granted, we don't talk this much when we're normally <laughs> watching the movie. Because, <laughs> yeah, otherwise you would never want to hang out with those people. Right. But, yeah, that's the, the beauty of these kind of things. And so, you know, thank you guys for hanging out with us, mm-hmm. you know. And actually, hopefully, and hopefully some of you are, hopefully you weren't watching and listening along for your first time. You're right. Because that's definitely what you don't want to do. But, um that's the one thing with this particular film, just in terms of, you know, it's worth a rewatch. Oh, yeah. You'll pick up different things on it. Definitely. And it's, it looks and sounds yeah. phenomenal. Oh, it's a beautiful movie. I mean, like, the whole, like, the restoration Blu-ray aspect of it. Yeah. It's so much fun. And for some reason, whenever I hear or heard restoration... Look, dedicated with- to Hammer, Argento, Romero, Dante, Landis, Spielberg, Wells, Carpenter, and many, many more. Okay, this is a loving. Yeah, this is this is like thank you guys. Uh huh. And it works. I, I oh, think no, it works I think that it works way. Really good. And there's that uh, good Vestron. Old, and then they show it again. Just yeah. Bleh, nah, that Vestron video symbol though. And I'm glad we have Vestron yes. now. And yes. we've got a lot of specialty companies that are putting some stuff out here, guys. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening along here with Waxworks. Uh, Dustin, thank you for sitting in with us. Oh, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you and very genius much. Genius as always, mm-hmm. man. So, guys, uh, whether you are uh, listening with Nerds and Nostalgia or Nightmare Junkhead, this is Greg D. <laughs> I'm Genius McGee. And, uh, Would you like to take a closer look? <laughs> you can get nerdy on Nostalgia. We'll see you in your dreams. <laughs> <laughs>